Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a walk in their stilettos so we can continue to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what inspires me more is their backstory and their mindset on how they got there. So today's guest is going to share with us her story. We have Lucinda Cross, known as the Chief Activator. She's also a mother, a wife, the CEO of Activate, founder of a nonprofit called Activate Your Life, and a lifestyle business coach. She's a TEDx speaker, an author of five books and the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from former president of the United States of America, Barack Obama. Lucinda has been seen on BT, Essence, Black Enterprise, Dr. Oz, ABC, NBC, and a whole lineup of other platforms. Please welcome to the show, Lucinda Cross. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to come on and share your gems with us. Oh my goodness. Thank you for this opportunity. I have my stilettos on for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I like to start the show by asking a simple yet sometimes complicated question. Um, I mean, as entrepreneurs, you know, many of the women who come on have all these, you know, beautiful titles, but I think that a title that doesn't get enough recognition is your name. So my first question to you, Lucinda, is do you know what your name means? Yes, it means light. Beautiful. Light. I mean, mm -hmm. So yep. what, what I love about that is, um, the reason I asked that is because, in terms of mindset and visioning, you know, who we are and who we want to become, a lot of people don't really think about the meaning of their name, but you're called your name mm. so many times a day. You know, we don't think about sometimes the things that we say to ourselves or the conversations we have in our head, but if your name means light and you're being referred to as light multiple times a day, mm. you know, how does that affect who you become and who you are today? So I love to hear the meaning of people's names because I have found that it actually reflects the women that I'm speaking to. And I definitely see you as a light because I see everything that you're doing and how you are like a lighthouse for other women and other entrepreneurs. So uh, I just wanted to shed light on that. Yes. <laughs> shed light on light. Yes. 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 I love I it. Love I love that. it. <laughs> So years ago, when I first heard of you, um, it was because you were dominating through vision boards. And I was like, okay, I have a vision board, but how the heck is this woman like killing it in the game right now <laughs> through, through, through vision boards? So how were you able to activate your brand using vision boards? One, it helps me to have focus um, because it's, I'm looking at my goals in living color. So I'm able to see Lucinda, you already are there, and it gives me a sense of confidence. So mm -hmm. I use my vision board as a sense of confidence when I don't see what I'm really going after. It reminds me of, listen, you already have it, girl. Just keep going, keep working, keep pushing. Mm -hmm. So that's how I use my vision board. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think, I believe it was social media. It may have actually been an Essence magazine or something. I had seen it 
uh, a, mm-hmm. a few years back. So using vision boards, you were able to um, build a brand and start a business and get, you know, international recognition. So how did that come about? It came from, you know, just one thing I I believe in, especially for any entrepreneur or visionary, is just to kind of find your lane and rock out in your lane. And so for me, that's, you know, vision boards was something I was doing behind the scenes. Um, and it was it was something that was brought to the forefront because of my personal story. And I didn't realize how connected my personal story was to the success and the spotlight in the media of the vision boards. So anybody could be featured and share on any network on how to create a vision board and why it's important. But it was the story behind it, um, the adversity and the hardships, the challenges and the obstacles that I pushed through using a piece of paper, newspaper clipping, some glitter and glue. Mm. So that's what I want to get into, because the very first time that I heard you speak, you it was your first time, I believe it was your first time to Toronto? Um, mm-hmm. at the yeah. Sisterhood Expo and your story resonated with me the most and not only because you were being transparent and sharing your story but your your truth I mean you added humor to it for sure but your your truth in not being ashamed of who you are your truth in where you are now and where you're going so I guess for the listeners um, you know can you share I guess how you got started yeah, absolutely. So for me, the vision board process, my mother, I always give her credit for it because she was into creative visualization, psychology, double major. And so that was something that was in our household to look beyond what we already have, but to look beyond that, where we already lived, but to look beyond that. And so, you know, just making some naive decisions at a young age, you know, landed me in federal prison serving time for a crime that I had committed, but, um, you know, had to, had to serve, a, of course, not the full 10 that they wanted to give me because I didn't realize the severity of the case, but served mm-hmm. four and a half years in federal prison. And the only thing that I could count on was, you know, having a vision board and a plan for when I came home. And mm-hmm. I used that same plan when I came home to go back and enroll myself back into college because I was a college student at the time to go back to college to get into corporate America and just repair my relationship with my parents. Um, so it was, it, it supported me um, in that journey, um, especially in that hopeless place where there were no programs or anyone saying, well, what do you want to do when you get out? Mm-hmm. I believe I seen, I think it was Facebook that you had copyrighted your, your catchphrase. So can you share, you know, what inspired that and how important is that for a brand? Um, it, it's extremely important because you have a lot of duplicators and, and copycatters and replicators out there. And if you don't own your brand name, all we have is our name and the things that we've created. But when I started investing and pouring sweat equity and, and funds into this business and people started getting involved, I said, I need to own this space so that people know um, that when you hear this name, when you hear this company, um, it comes from good ground that you can trust us. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to add a level of trust in the marketplace and to play a bigger game. You know, mm-hmm. people see it different when you start owning your space and you're not just coming up with a new idea or a new name every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I'm in your Facebook group, Activate Inner Circle, and you were always in there sharing opportunities and, and blessing others. Can you speak to the mindset behind that? 
I remember as an entrepreneur and just as someone who, uh, believe it or not, as much as I speak every week, every month, I still am a person who loves her introverted space. Mm-hmm. And so networking wasn't easy for me. And so I said, well, there may be some introverts who won't claim being introverted, but would love to have access to resources. They're not used to asking. They're not used to, you know, they're not comfortable just going out there. And so let me pour what I wish I had as an entrepreneur and a visionary inside of this group so that they feel like this is their private hub to get resources. And and that's where, you know, that's why I pour so much into that group. When I find out something, a paid gig, media opportunity, it goes inside the group. A resource, a tool, it goes inside the group. Grants and funding, it goes inside the group because, you know, I want them to feel comfortable with everything going on in social media. Everybody's promoting, everybody's inviting you to a space but where's the space for you to learn, grow, and receive? And so that's that's how we have it. I love that. And um, I love that you have have touched on the fact that you're an introvert. So I myself, <laughs> I'm I'm an introvert as well. Mm-hmm. And I have I, I feel like I've come a long way because of being connected to women like yourself that I've uh, met through social media. Because, you know, let's say five, six years ago, I wouldn't even consider going to a networking event. And if I did, I probably wouldn't speak to anyone. I would be standing in the corner, sipping on, you know, some, some juice and just observing. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that women like yourself uh, provide opportunities and spaces where we're able to evolve and grow and to help and to support, I, I love that. So I guess I, I want to ask, how were you able to thrive as an entrepreneur, although you're introverted? Linking up one, a mentor, my mentor supported me in in the journey because um, he helped to direct me on how to show up, how to position myself. And that, that, that supported uh, me from just being in my space to allowing others in my space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was one, you know, linking up with a mentor and just being around like-minded individuals. I had to force myself to be uncomfortable and that was probably one of the, the most scariest things that I could have done as an entrepreneur was just putting myself in a bunch of uncomfortable places. I was like, okay, this room is packed and loaded with people. Walk in. Mm, <laughs> yes, walk, yes. You know, this, this, everybody's at, you know, start asking people what they do. Um, start drum, uh, coming up, drumming up a conversation. And so I just said, you know, because I will be fine in my space. Mm-hmm. But what I also realized is that I was suffering being introverted because that it throws off also an energy that was pushing people away yes. and it was pushing my finances away and people felt as if I had it all together and I didn't need anything and that wasn't the case you know I was like hey I need clients too you know hey I would love mm-hmm. opportunities too so you know a closed mouth doesn't get fed and someone who has no problem thing behind the scenes will continue to be hidden. And so I just had to push myself to the forefront and say, just go for it, Lucinda, loud and proud, do this big conference. And just <laughs> now you're just, now you're just out there. And that's what I did. I hosted a big conference and I said, you're going to invite 300 people. And, and now this is you, this is your state. You know? <laughs> I, I, well, two things. One, you know, you, you talked about you know, your introverted energy pushing people away. And I actually had to realize that as much as I was coming out of my comfort zone, 
because inside my introverted, you know, thoughts and energy was like, mm, I don't know if I want to be here. I don't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> people, people can feel that. Like, yes. you know, your people, your vibe introduces you before you even open your mouth. And yes. <laughs> I, I had to learn and I had to learn the hard way because, you know, I'd, I'd hear it back where the perception was that I'm either not approachable, I'm not interested or, you know, whatever the comments are, mm-hmm. but I had mm-hmm. to learn to, you know, check myself and my thoughts and my energy and what I was actually putting out there. Yep. And then you, you touched on that. You just put yourself out there and had this big conference mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> that is huge for an introvert <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. like beyond coming out of your comfort zone. <laughs> so like, how did you even, how did you even manage to do that? And I've been to one of your conferences and they are huge. so you know it was for me I I was connected to so many people and I supported and and was coaching a lot of women at that time and I was you know doing uh workshops here and there and I said you know what no one's asking me to be on their stage I need to create my own stage and that's Mm -hmm. where it came from but the reason why no one was asking me is because I wasn't putting myself out there to say hey I'm available it was quiet yes Yes, I do workshops and trainings, and that's my, that was my comfort zone. So you needed yes. me to come in and do marketing training, or you know, um, you know, communication training, or especially marketing. That's my baby. That's my degree. But you know, I, I would do it. But anyway, there was no open doors for um, me to come out. And one time, I did reach out to to be a speaker at this event that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, and it was a women's empowerment event. And they said, sorry, we're only looking for A-listers. Mm. And I said, A-listers. Ouch. They said, yeah. I was like, well, well what, what, what do you mean? Like, I just could I didn't <laughs> understand. And I was, you know, for me, I was like, I'm at the top of my game. I'm making really good money. But once again, I was behind the scenes. So what they were talking about, which, you know, I had to, you know, of course, my response back was, you never know who's going to be at A-listers next year. This, this, right. next, you're counting people out. But um, I realized that I I was the best kept secret mm. and I needed to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting. I had, uh, okay, so when I first became an entrepreneur, I was actually selling real estate full time. And as much as I was doing great in that industry, I remember someone saying to me, you are um, a real estate agent not a secret agent people need to know about you they need to know what you do like how do you expect (laughs) how do you expect people to know what you do if you're not telling anybody and Mm. I learned that when I transitioned over into you know coaching and speaking and stuff it was like yeah you're shy and you're introverted but if nobody knows what you do if you're not putting yourself out there how do you expect to get opportunities and Mm -hmm. I had to learn and I'm, I'm still I still feel like I'm definitely I have a lot to learn um, because I haven't quite pitched myself for certain opportunities, but I have put myself out there through social media where all of the opportunities have come from. But, you know, what you were speaking to about just being able to put yourself out there. And then there are people who will, how do I say this? You know, like you said about that person saying they're only looking for, for Mm -hmm. Mm A-listers and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's their loss. Mm -hmm. I've had, uh, I had a, an opportunity that came to me where I was asked to be a part of a really big summit. And we had, you know, a great 
call. They loved everything I was about. They did all the research into my background. They thought I was perfect. And then I got an email saying that they're, they only want to, for the first one, have people that have a minimum of 5,000 people on their email list. And I oh, thought, God. I thought, hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> you see my value. You know what everything is about. You know, we had an amazing conversation. We align, we connect. But because I don't have 5,000 people on my email list, I can no longer be a part of this summit. Okay. <laughs> like, what? What? Yep. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people's mm-hmm. mentality on, on certain things, you have to wonder why they're actually doing it. What is what is their, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. purpose on, on why they're doing it? And, and I love you shared that because I received something similar to that starting out into the speaking world. They were like, you know, hey, you could be a part of this teleconference summit mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, okay, cool. No, this will help get me some some visibility and they mm-hmm. were like well you need you need to have a minimum i think it was of twelve thousand, jeez over fifteen thousand on your mailing list so at this time i only had maybe 2500 mm-hmm. and so i said i said sure yep absolutely i have twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. i have 12 i have <laughs> over twelve thousand on my list mm-hmm. um because i i i told i had that opportunity happen before and they said no i didn't fit because i didn't have the following so then with my 2,500 on the list, I was the top ranking viewership, the top ranking affiliate link, the top mm. ranking person who got paid with my 2,500, you would have thought I had over 12,000 out right. of all the heavy hitters that they had connected to them. Most of my people were the one that signed up right. to attend. And so I said, look at that. Look at oh. that. And I, and I shared it with my group openly. I said, yep, sure did. I lied. It's over yeah. my head, over 12,000. <laughs> but thank you guys for supporting me because it showed, you know, that we don't have to fall prey to these, to these, uh, tricks. These numbers. And, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I had to learn, um, not only through my own social media following, but also my daughter because she, you know, became an influencer in the past year. But you know, brands and stuff at first, they were only looking at people with big numbers because they wanted that visibility. But what mm-hmm. I'm seeing now with the brands that are reaching out to me is they they realize the influence that micro influencers have. You know, your your following or your numbers may be smaller, but your influence is larger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. they're they're out here looking for all these big numbers because they want to tap into your network, not realizing that you may have an intimate tribe that is like totally backing and supporting everything you do more mm-hmm, than those mm-hmm. people with those big numbers who, who probably don't even open half their emails. Yep. Yep. So, yep. so speaking so of, true. speaking of big numbers, um, let's talk about your latest book, the big ask. Tell us what that Ooh. is all about. <laughs> yes. My new baby, the big ask, uh, 21 keys to get everything you deserve and desire. And I'm finishing up part one of the whole exposure tour with the book. But basically, it's a book that talks about, you know, how we just need to start asking for what we want, and understanding that we deserve what we want. And not just the little thing, go for the big thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and so um, and it and it guides you on how to do that. One of you know one of the chapters talks about you know don't be an ask hole. Yes. 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> Another chapter talks about how to get your ask together. You know, some of us are like, well, I'm not sure what my ask is because we're so used to supporting other people or falling in line or just winging it that we really are not clear on what our ask is. And when we are at the, when we have access to the people who can make a decision or support us, we're not even clear. And so this is just a guide that you can go back to and it provides you actionable steps on how to go for the big asks and, you know, just keep, keep asking, keep pushing and be open to receiving. I, I love the concept of that because I feel like, and I'm, I know that the dynamics are very different in Canada versus the U S but what I feel, <clears throat> what I feel here in, in Canada is that the, women of color, especially those stepping into the entrepreneur space, they are afraid to ask for what they want. They're afraid to ask mm-hmm. for what they deserve. They're afraid of the big ask. So they mm-hmm. start small. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the women that I work with, it's like coaching them to even understand the different levels of, of setting goals. You know, they're setting these minor goals of things that they know that they can easily achieve instead of setting big goals of what they really, really want. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, the, the theme of the book and I'm going to have to get myself a copy. Yes. Yes. I'll definitely <laughs> send you a copy for sure. So I've seen firsthand how you involve your daughter in what you do. And I love to involve my daughters in, in, you know, my entrepreneur journey. So can you speak to the importance of that for you? Yeah. Even, you know, for my daughter, I wanted her to be exposed to the action side. I see my mother do a lot of talking and not as much doing when it came to her dreams and desires. And I want my daughter to be exposed to dreamers, doers, shakers, people who believe beyond what you're taught in school. And so having her in the environment and pushing her to really do things for herself. And she's, she was born with just this ambitious energy that I'm like, where's the school for these type of kids? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, she's being dumbed down, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely important because these are lessons and these are tools and conversations she'll always remember, but also she'll know how to deal with women. And mm-hmm. I don't think that most young girls are exposed to that, hearing older women's stories, hearing and watching how women are supporting each other in a, in a setting outside of church, you know, so I wanted mm-hmm. her to see unconventional fellowship in other spaces where we are crying, celebrating, dancing, cheering each other on, talking about our woes. And so mm. it, it's key. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I, I remember uh, your conference in New York and she was on stage and I thought, I, I'm not even there yet. <laughs> so I don't even know how <laughs> old she was at that time. And I was like, I love it. I love that you know, you're putting her in that space and giving her the opportunity to experience those things. So she'll be way further ahead than many mm-hmm. of us are, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in our thirties and forties. So that's beautiful. I love that. You mentioned earlier that you have a mentor. So how have um, coaches and mentors helped you along the way? It gave me guidance and it helped me get out of my own mindset. Um, for me as an entrepreneur, you know, there's certain things that I wanted to keep to myself because I didn't know if anyone else was going through this. Is it okay for me to be in this position where I'm accepting clients that I didn't want to work with only because I know that I needed to pay bills? Is it okay mm-hmm. that I'm co-mingling my funds? Is it okay? You know, who, you know, so I needed a mentor to help me get out of my head of being a Miss Know-it-all or Miss Ashamed 
to help mm-hmm. me say, okay, yes, move the team. And so that's, you know, what my mentor did for me is shorten my learning curve and help me to understand some of the woes, but the importance of building a team. I think it's important, um, you know, for everyone um, to have at some point um, a mentor or coach along the way. I had read an article once and it really upset me because it was obviously someone who had never experienced the benefits of having a mentor. But the article, and it was in a a well-known publication, but was talking about uh, mentors being a waste of time and money. (laughs) And I I thought to myself... I was like, how did they even allow this to be published? But <laughs> speaking from, from right, <laughs> so speaking from personal experience, you know, mentors have totally helped me jump over, you know, a lot of the potholes in life. Mm-hmm. Mentors and coaches have helped guide me and get closer to my goals and where it is that that I need to go. So. I don't know. I, I guess my my question for you now is: Do you have different mentors for different areas of your life, or is it just one mentor? Yeah, yeah. So I had different mentors for different areas. I had uh, I had a and still have a business mentor that I go to for advice and support, and we meet up. And I get scared every time we have a meeting because I have to bring. <laughs> certain things to the table and it's like oh gosh I hope I did this right but um it, it, that's a good sign and then you know it's having, uh, just like spiritual guidance you know my spiritual mothers who are there to help make sure that I'm praying and I'm staying focused and grounded and you know covering myself um while I'm away and my family while I'm traveling um and they remind me of certain things you know they'll Listen, don't forget you still have to, you know, cook for that man. Don't get too sassy when you have somebody in your house cooking. Give him some a, a meal with you know. Make sure you're still looking good when you come in. You know, so I have that kind of <laughs> that kind of guidance. But you know, then I had you know when I was so in terms of coaching. So there was a difference between my mentors and my coaches. So I did hire coaches to help me in certain areas of my business, such as marketing, sales. Um, and, and, and just uh, understanding certain dynamics of my business that I didn't want to be the professional love. I just needed help <laughs> in putting systems in place. So my next question for you, I mean, with all that you do, and I know as an introvert for, for me, I'm going to say it takes extra effort <laughs> to do everything. So, you know, being a mom, being a wife, coaching other people, putting on events and speaking on all these platforms and helping support other people, what is Lucinda's self-care routine? Taking naps. Mm. I believe in taking naps. I believe in, you know, um, glamming yourself up in terms of just sitting down for a massage, a mani and pedi, um, you know, getting a facial done. Those are things that I do and making sure that I get proper rest. Mm. That's my self-care. Proper rest and, you know, having my silent moments. I, 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 <laughs> I, I love that you started with taking naps because I used to be an avid napper and I had a <laughs> friend of mine, I had a friend of mine was like, what are you five? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's essential for, for me to thrive. I need, I need at least 30 minutes a day to have a nap. And I, I used to, I used to blame it on, 
Um, so I used to suffer from a condition called fibromyalgia, but I don't claim that anymore because uh, that's not, uh, you know, where I want to be. I was tired all the time. And in order for me to function, even as an entrepreneur, even before I picked up my kids from school, in order for, for me to be able to make dinner in the evening, I had yep. to have a nap anywhere yep. between one <laughs> thirty and 5 o'clock. Yeah. It was one thirty, one thirty and 3 with my son. Between 1 and 3, there had to be some sort of nap. I love it. I love it. See, okay, okay. See, and this is what I love about having these conversations with other uh, entrepreneurs and other women is not, not just the social proofing of you sharing your story so that other women can relate, but this is really like I'm going to be selfish right now. This is really for me. This helps me <laughs> feel better about myself and how I exactly. function. So I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I you. Love it. I love it. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, I had read another we just article. Had a we just had yes. a we had a yes. <laughs> Naps are essential. I, I no Naps longer feel are... guilty. Yes. <laughs> uh, funny enough, about a year and a half, um, I started taking a natural supplement and it, it helped me with my fibromyalgia symptoms. So, I no longer required a nap every day. Um, it wasn't where I it had to happen. But now at a point where I have an option to have a nap, I, I still have them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like, oh my God, if I don't have a nap, I'm not going to be able to get through the day. But now it's like, you know what? I deserve a nap right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just keep it that's, real. That's me. That's me. I'm like, I love what? it. I did everything I needed to do. Mm-hmm. It's nap time. <laughs> yes, yes. I accomplished. I was productive today. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I, I had read another article because, you know, I like to read. And it said that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's no surprise that I'm obsessed with stilettos, always have been, probably always will be, even when I can't wear them. But my question to you, Lucinda, is mm-hmm. what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a wedge? Is it a stiletto? Is it a flip-flop? Is it a heel? Is it a boot, a running shoe? What is your favorite type of shoe? I love I love a heel. I love a heel. I love a stiletto. You know, four inches, four inches is good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. So uh, women who love stilettos are actually incredibly hardworking. They have major Mm. drive, determination, and standout work ethic. Nice. And they love naps. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They're essential. (laughs) (laughs) So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Absolutely. I love to hang out and play on Instagram. So please follow me on Instagram at Lucinda Cross. Love it. Um, So I will have um, the link to your website and your socials um, in the details of the podcast so they can just click right there and follow you. Um, For the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her stilettos where you share inspiration from your walk from just general reflection questions. So I'll shoot off a couple questions and you just say what comes to mind. Okay. So name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. One Minute Millionaire. Mm. Can you tell us why? 
because it talked about a story of a woman who lost everything and had to start over. And with guidance, she succeeded beyond her own expectations. Okay, so I got to add one one minute millionaire to my reading list for this year. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, what failure has taught you the most about life? Not, oh gosh, procrastinating. Procrastinating, I procrastinated on an opportunity and I lost the big contract because I was too busy trying to be a perfectionist. Mm. I, I think that that is so important that you even said that last part, because you were trying to be a perfectionist. I think mm-hmm. a lot of women, especially in the entrepreneurial space, we, we feel like everything has to be perfect all the time. And what I've learned and what I'm, I'm teaching the women that I coach is start where you are with what you have and you can improve it along the way because you trying to be perfect is holding you back and you're either, you know, letting opportunities pass you by, you're letting time pass you by, but you're, you're, you're just standing in your own way. Yep. Okay. Next question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? God is the plug. (laughs) Mm. Yep. (laughs) And it would say that because people are always looking outside of the source. Mm-hmm. for um you know that yes or that opportunity they feel like it comes in uh someone else's hands or you know and so a lot of times we dumb ourselves down or bow down to the wrong reasons or um you know we just don't pursue certain things because we feel that our yes and our our blessing is in someone else's hand mm-hmm. but i do believe that you know wake up call god is the plug and he'll do it and you know he runs the show that's right, because everything you need is already inside of you. It's like mm-hmm. they they say the most people have only tapped into ten percent of their potential. So mm. if God God gave you everything that you need, it's inside of you. You just need to tap into it. It's not it's not you know coming from outside of you. It's inside. So there's this ninety percent of potential inside of us that we haven't tapped into. Wow. Okay. What new belief, behavior, or habit? has improved your life in the last five years? You don't have to control everything. It's okay to release mm-hmm. and let some things work itself out. So I because that. I was a people pleaser, I would try to control everything, make sure everyone is happy. You cannot possibly please everyone. You cannot control everyone's reaction or um, action. And so it was just like, just be free, free yourself. And go, and sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I think too many times we're trying to micromanage life, mm-hmm. things that we mm-hmm. don't have any control over. You know, yeah, you gotta. Not asking de- for help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, listen, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, last question. Name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. That could be, you know, of money, time, energy. I'd say. Investing in vacations mm. and and all the hustle and bustle with my business and making things work and paying coaches and, you know, some coaches worked out and some just wanted money and didn't do the mm-hmm. work and, mm-hmm. you know, some clients, you know, so I can, I can name a bunch of things, but the best investment is for me, um, giving me and my family and even just my husband an opportunity to see some world. I love it. I love it. Um, I've had maybe the last 
few women that have uh, come on the show all say the same thing, like travel. Travel is, mm. it, it's like a highlight. It's, you know, essential for in their, their self-care routine. It's helped them grow. It's helped them, you know, see different perspectives on, on life. Um, so I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So Lucinda, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and just to share your walk with us and to let us take a look into, you know, how you see things and uh, to be my, my nap sister. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much for, for coming on. I appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you so much for this opportunity. No problem. No problem. So everyone listening, make sure you go and uh, buy Lucinda's new book, The Big Ask. And until next time, download the Awaka My Stilettos app and subscribe to our newsletter at awakamystilettos.com. Make sure you rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Like, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about what Lucinda had to share. What did you learn? You know, what, what did she inspire you to do? Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.